So uh, when we when we bought this house, uh, we went up in the attic and we found a box. It said, um, I think it was like, it was a computer box. So maybe it was like Compaq or, or one of the old gateway computer, maybe something like that, you know. So we were like, oh, shit. Like they left us like a really old computer. We opened it up. Tons of fucked up like mannequin dolls, man. Oh. In this box. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Just like tons of them. Like, like 30 like porcelain mannequin type. Like Did you burn it? Tell me you burn it. No, we we closed it and threw it back up in the thing and said sorry. Yep. That's <laughs> or sorry. That's the correct. <laughs> that's the correct reaction. Maybe make a circle out of salt, but yeah, that's yeah. pretty much all you can do. Do not disturb. <laughs> Just... mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's a bunch of other boxes up there and we're a little like we do, but we don't want to look at like them. It's either clothes for the mannequins or more mannequins. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Bright Guy Into Super Friends. I'm your host, Brian Levick. Joining me for this episode is someone who sits on a throne of blank pages, Andy No Note Stoles. What's up, podcast people? Next is a hollow earth theorist and tube connoisseur, Josh Zorch. Tube connoisseur. I think that goes with like your your tube invention with the hot dog and... and... Oh, I mean, there's God. some tubes in this That's movie. A callback. <laughs> You don't remember the hot dog tube? I patent pending. <laughs> uh, next up, King Simp himself, Mike Bradley. I'm not responding to that. <laughs> and finally, oh no, there goes Tokyo. Go, go, Ian Leidick. Holy shit, that is an intro for the ages coming to you live from Westmoreland County by way of North Carolina. I'm here. Wait, what? How from North Carolina? <laughs> uh, it's a wrestling thing. I don't want to explain the whole joke. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely out of my wheelhouse on that one. I'd just like to note, he gets a Blue Oyster Cult reference and I get fucking King Simp. What? You you supported Kong for all these years. He supported Godzilla, so I went those directions. In what way is Kong a simp? No, Kong's not the simp. You, you simp for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You simp for him. Then I would be the Kong simp, not the King simp. The King of the Kong simps. We'll get it right. <laughs> I, would, yeah, I would take Kong simp. I'm fine we'll, with that. We'll get it in the reshoots. Fix it in post. <laughs> uh, all right, so the day has finally arrived. We're here to talk about the movie and about the fight for the ages, Godzilla versus Kong. This is the culmination of Legendary's shared universe. Culmination. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were calling it a legendary shared universe, not legendary shared universe. Oh, fair. Yeah. Well, they both apply. They're both legendary, right? Do they? The emphasis was on the wrong syllable. Yes. That's, that's you know, it comes hand in hand with my hosting abilities. Uh, so, yeah, we're talking about uh, Godzilla, Godzilla versus Kong, uh, shared universe with Godzilla and King Kong, starting with 2014's Godzilla. Going to 2017's Kong Skull Island, 2019's Godzilla King of the Monsters, and finally, 
this year, 2021's Godzilla vs. Kong. Uh, so if you've listened to the show previously, you'll know this has been on our radar for years, I think. I can't remember when we first sort of found out about Godzilla vs. Kong. Was that with Skull Island when they started talking about this stuff? Probably the connectivity between Skull Island and the original, or not the original okay. Godzilla, but like the the 20, what was it? 2018? 2017 was Skull Island. Yeah, because there was a stinger scene on that that talked about a bunch of Godzilla monsters. Yes, right. Mm -hmm. So is that, I'm trying to remember, is that where the the Ian picking Godzilla and Mike picking Kong, is that where that originated? Or did we talk about it? Probably a little before that, because I I think going into it, we kind of knew they were setting this up as a shared universe. So it had probably started before that movie even came out. I think if you go back to the 100th or 50th is when you can listen in on even more of it, I believe, if you, you're you a super fan. I believe it'd be the 100th or the 150th. I was not recording at the 50th. I wasn't on those episodes. Yes. Okay, oh, so maybe huh. the 100th. <laughs> I started in the 60s, so. Hmm. Yeah, because that was, I think, 100th is when we started doing sort of the idea for the, the Rumble Dumble Jam stuff, where we were sort of pitting things against each other and Rumble picking Dumble a winner. Jam. Yeah. So it might have came up around then. That might be right. So either way, so we've been, you know, this this sort of feud has gone on for three and a half, four-ish years, culminating in this movie. So that this is this is a big one for us. Uh, so we'll we'll sort of get into that matchup and and where these guys stand as we as we get going. Um, <clears throat> for right now, with the uh, current state of the world and. Uh, vaccines beginning to roll out here and there. Movie theaters are starting to open back up and might actually start to bounce back. So <clears throat> sort of just for anybody here, did anybody actually get out to the theater for this movie? No. No. Negative. Did not. Okay. I actually did venture out. Um it wasn't it wasn't too bad. It was it was a little bit more crowded than I expected. I think when I, I looked I went on a Friday, because uh, we had good Friday off for the hol- Easter holiday. So I checked the theater Friday morning and I think there was like five people in the theater and I was like oh this is bad I could definitely get a seat by myself for five people in there there was probably about 30 35 by the time I got to the theater that day um but it was still I felt like spaced out enough that there still wasn't a lot of people in the theater that it was still you know for being a movie <clears throat> first time in the theater for probably seven or eight months because I think we Josh when the hell was the last time we were in the theater when did we see Tenet was that August September yeah, I think it was like Labor Day weekend around there. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that would have been like eight months, seven, eight months ago. Yeah. So, yeah, it just it felt nice to be back. I I I probably won't get to like everything in the theater yet. Uh, probably not till end of May ish before stuff starts ramping back up. And I'm I'm quote unquote officially, you know, not quote unquote, but actually officially vaccinated and everything ready to go. That'll be the time to get back in there. I am so excited to get back to the theater. So the big question I have about your theater experience is um, how many people had their phones out during the movie? Uh, None that I could tell. But at the same time, I wasn't looking around at everybody. So I honestly have no idea. Nothing, nothing, not enough. I didn't see anyone that was going to distract me, I guess that way. You know, crowded theater when it's when you're elbow to elbow, it's very easy to see people that are on their phones all over the place. But being spaced out like two or three seats Mm -hmm. away from everybody, that helps. I was kind of hoping just someone like the first person in your like eye view was just on their phone the whole time. <laughs> oh yeah, you know it's the first time back in eight months, and then you just have that still one bad experience of someone in the theater just being a dick, and you're just like, why am I here? <laughs> you're like, why is he here? Too, like, yeah. <laughs> you could watch this at home, you asshat. <laughs> asshat. 
Like for double the price, you can have HBO Max. <laughs> All right, so we uh, at the time of this recording, I'm going to get into some numbers and sort of what's going on with this movie right now. Variety is reporting that Godzilla vs. Kong had a domestic opening of $48.5 million and, a, and puts it at a worldwide total of $285 million. That makes it the best opening weekend for a movie over the last year. Uh, the other thing to keep in mind with these numbers is that as of right now, there are about 60% of theaters currently open in the U.S., and most of those are only at half capacity. Theaters in New York and L.A. are just about to go from 25% capacity to half capacity. So the fact that this movie has any chance at all to make some money is a pretty good sign for theaters and the box office. So the real question will be, how does this perform in its second weekend? So we're recording this on the Friday right before its second weekend. So right now, we do not know what it's going to do this second weekend. Uh. So more or less, I'll just pose it to you guys. Do you think this movie can sustain a second weekend? Do you think we'll see even half of that? Do you think it'll get $25, $30 million? I, I think just vaccine numbers going up would drive more people to go. And it's, I, I think we're also getting to that point. Like, I know we've discussed this off air, but like, what what's a movie nowadays with how how quick they get to streaming and i think it's stuff like this this big tent pull stuff they're still gonna push so i th i think it's still gonna do well because what else are you gonna see if you want to try and get that sense of normalcy back like you're gonna go see the big monster fight movie and you have and it's not pacific rim 3 or something like these are both pretty well-known mainstream names which starts to make me nervous only because if if this is what generates money, blockbuster movies, and not that <clears throat> I guess I'd be sad about it because it's really most of what I see in the theater anyway, but I know people that make movies, they're going to want their movie in the theater. If blockbuster movies are what's going to pull people out of the pandemic and then in, back into movie theaters, is this going to be the only thing we're going to see in theaters going forward? Everything else is going to go to streaming, but the big tentpole blockbuster stuff will be what stays in theaters. I think while. that and then like outside of like, the runs you have to do to qualify for the Oscars and whatnot. I, I oh, true. think that might be the strategy going forward for a lot of the big studios is, well, let's just put in our big ones and everything else is made to stream. Yeah. Mike, that's what you were saying. Sort of like right now for, for now. I think, yeah, for now, I, I think, you know I mean? The, the blockbuster movies are going to draw people back in, make them feel safe in theaters again. And, through that over time it'll go back to what it was before but with additional streaming services because your average person doesn't want to sign up for 20 different streaming services and keep track of which studio puts out which movies and which streaming service they need to have to see which movie they want to watch they're just going to go to the movie theater and watch what they want to watch right you know folks like us we're gonna do whatever we have to to watch whatever we want when we want but your average person isn't. So I think eventually, when people feel comfortable, it'll go back to what it was. But it's going to take a while. Yeah. Uh, Josh, what do you think? Uh, no, I'm I'm in line with Mike on that. I think that's I, I, that's probable uh, of what I see going forward. I, I'm hoping, obviously, that by like July, August we actually will have the whether people choose to do it or not we will have the actual ability to experience normalcy if we want to um i think at the rates i think the vaccination rates that that people are going um you know the the 
federal government's target of getting every eligible person uh i want to say like get a vaccine in their hands necessarily but get them access to at least their first dose if they're on the two dose track by the beginning of may looks like it's going pretty well actually so with that trajectory if you know public i hate to say it like it's not it we're in this world where public policy is driving society which is driving everything else and and business and art and and pop culture and and all of it so uh, it has to be a part of of that conversation the pop pop culture can come back when people in charge of public policy feel that there are enough people in a safe enough state to allow more things to resume operation at bigger capacities. So as those vaccination rates do go up, that will all follow like dominoes. And so if things stay on track, then realistically, yeah, by like the end of June, mid to late June, you know, you, you, you almost might be able to hypothesize that, you know, if, if anybody at that point is going out in public, it, it's sort of like at their own risk because if they, like they, at that point they would have had every opportunity most likely to try to protect themselves. And if they have chosen not to at that point, I don't see public policy holding the rest of us back as much at that point anymore. Yeah. And when that happens, then we will all be able to do what we want on a on a more consistent basis. Um, so I'm I'm with you. I I wish, you know, I agree with a lot of what Mike said, and I I, I think that, um, you know, the moment we we feel like we're okay to do so, we're gonna be right back in the theater as much as we can. We miss the hell out of it. What do you think is gonna? Well, one, I guess, do you think the second weekend of Godzilla versus Kong? Do you think it's gonna sustain where the numbers are? You think it's gonna drop? You think it's gonna stay the same? And then two. Going forward, do you sort of, I guess, agree with uh, Mike if blockbuster movies are going to be what's going to pull us out of the pandemic and eventually we'll get back to everything in the theater? Or do you think blockbuster movies will be in the theater and that's basically it going forward? Okay, fair. Yeah, so I realize I really only kind of touched on his response to the second question. Um, to, to the first one, I I think the, the, the second weekend numbers will hopefully show that they are going to be stronger than anything else has been for a very long time whether or not they're still fantastic i don't i don't know okay you know what i mean i think i i, I they're, they're probably not going to be where anybody would love them to be but they'll still probably be an indication of hopefully good signs well i mean um, 285 million dollars worldwide in in its first Weekend. It was it was out a week early international, and okay. then it opened yeah. last weekend in the U.S. and made almost fifty million dollars, mm-hmm. adding to two hundred eighty-five. So in two weeks out of release, two hundred eighty-five million people seem to be very happy with this number. Yeah, that's, that's not a number sure. that was very big, you know, before pandemic times. Like that was a lowball number for a blockbuster movie. So if they are yeah. happy with two hundred eighty-five million dollars right now, I think. Even if it makes like $30 million in its second weekend domestically, people are going to be like, this is a hit. Like, it's sustaining in theaters. Oh, I think even well, if, I mean, it, if it... What we're going through... I'll, I'll say it real quick. I, think, yeah, I think even if it hits, honestly, like 10 to 15 in its second weekend, 10 to 15 million has been more than 
almost every other opening weekend for every other movie in the last 13 months anyway. Yeah. So like I said, yeah. even, yeah. even if that drop off is huge and, and the second weekend return is not as great as people would like it to be, it's hopefully still in a place that is much higher than trends have been. And, and like I said, just shows promise. And, and to Mike's uh, or to your second question that Mike answered, I, I think he's probably right about that as well, that. If people right 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 now we're in number one, we're still in a risk frame of mind. And mm -hmm. and then after that becomes honest to God, like, uh, uh, you know, deinstitutionalization to, to we, we have to like rewire ourselves to convince ourselves again. This is what leisure in public is like. These are the things we do and we're getting over the not to sound like this is over dramatic, but to get over the trauma, so to speak, of the experience we've we've had it, it like we we all have actually had a behavior modifying event and yeah. that that slow trickle back to where we we were is not going to be instantaneous so yes i i agree with him that the, i think the things that will convince many people to try to take that plunge um continue to do it try to take that first step out will be driving will be driven by things like this by black widow by you know anything else that they get out over the summer and, and early fall and uh, yeah i hate to say it i i you know your your lower budget movies and whatnot are probably going to be if if they're released in this time frame relegated to either direct video or a lot of the streaming services yeah because i feel like when it comes down to it it's money like studios want to make money if these movies the lower budget stuff is going to come to a theater that is already struggling to get people to go see things, but yeah. the blockbusters have proven they make money for people that, you know, they'll get people out of the house in the theater to see these bigger events. Mm -hmm. That's, I feel like what's going to be pushed going forward, whether or not we stay that way, I guess is, is sort of my curiosity. Well, I mean, for me, even in terms of, you know, this movie versus say black widow, I think there is, a unique kind of thing going on here where there is more reason to go see this on a big screen than there is for Black Widow, for the Eternals, for the Avengers, for any of that, just because of the spectacle of the giant monsters on the giant screen. And I feel like this has the ability to draw people that have even seen this at home to want to still go to a theater and watch it again on the big screen. Right. Whereas That's I don't fair. think like something like Black Widow would have that same effect. You don't think the Marvel event movies are enough to pull people into the theater? I don't think there's any reason to see it in a theater versus at home. I don't think the experience changes that much for that movie. Whereas this movie, okay. I feel like it's it's a different experience. It's you know, there's gonna be a lot of really loud noises in this movie. The you know I mean the sound system's gonna be a really big factor in this one. And like I said, we're talking about towering monsters. What better way to see it than IMAX? I mean, yeah. So I think this uh, one's a little bit different. Um, Andy, we'll get you in here. How do you feel about, I guess the two questions, do you think Godzilla will sustain itself in the second weekend and blockbusters going forward in the theater? How do you, what do you think? Um, I think uh, 30 million, is probably a pretty good 
number okay. for this coming weekend. And I think that is a pretty sustainable thing, all things considered, state of the world and all that. Yeah. Um, as far as blockbusters in the theater, I think with all the streaming services available right now, it's incredibly... I feel like you have a lot of options if you're a filmmaker. Mm. And you even like low-budget filmmakers probably have a lot more options right now than they used to to get their things seen and, and, and their voices heard, per se. Um, so I feel like the direct-to-video, direct-to-stream is going to be a very big thing for things that aren't blockbusters. So uh, in answer to your question, I think it will be anything that the CDO considers to be blockbuster in the theaters or Oscar winning. So just to get that Oscar push, like Ian was saying, a couple weeks in the theater just to get it represented and yep. in the running. Yep. Yeah, but everything and other than that would probably be blockbustery stuff. That's that that's that's my my guess on it. Okay. Yeah, Just well, based the, on how all the models are looking right now. Yeah, and granted, you know, this is the again, this is probably the first one to really start asking these questions. So we'll have to keep our eye on it, eye on it, and see how it goes going forward over the next couple months. But I'm I'm excited to see what happens. Um, one of the things that Variety was talking about in their article was they actually listed the budget for this movie. So any guesses? How much you think the budget for Godzilla vs. Kong is? Quarter bill. <laughs> 500 million? Quarter for the bill. Oh, tw- 250, the Phantom. 250 million. That's where you're going? Yes. Okay. Anybody what else? did you think I said? 180 I, I, million. I heard quarter bill, and then like I immediately went 500 million. I was like, wait, that's not a quarter. That's a half. <laughs> I did the same thing. I'm having, like, where the a quarter is 25. Rabbiters. Yes. <laughs> you can't get a pair of boots with 25 units. <laughs> um... This movie did look expensive as hell. Um, Ian might not be that far off. I'll go... Wait, uh, Mike, did you say 180 or was that Andy? I said Andy. 180. 180. I'll go, I'll go 220. Mike, Fuck, final that's guess. what I was going to say. Two, 230. Uh, Andy was closest. Good. And he was still over. Oh, really? Really? 165 million. Oh, wow. I have an explanation for this. Oh, God. There was not a single actor in this movie that cost them a dime. <laughs> I, I, I'm just saying, you put Dwayne The Rock Johnson in this movie, and it's a 200 and some million dollar movie just by adding him to the cast. There's nobody in this movie that cost much. I think even just for from a special effects standpoint, I thought this was at least $200 million. Yeah. Considering how it's, much I, like there is Kong and effect monsters and like CG backgrounds, everything. Like I don't feel like there's a touch of this movie that does not have some sort of visual effect to it. Well, and they did, they didn't shy away from monster screen time. Yes, true, right? Like it, it compared to some of the other ones they've done, the monsters are very present. So yeah, it, then, then and, it was a low ball number for me. I did not expect it to be that cheap. I guess. And in, in, in that respect, though, if if with all of the CG and CG backgrounds and whatnot, you wouldn't have to put very many act. You wouldn't have to put very many actors on location at a bunch of different locations, right? Um, and you True. don't really have a lot of high-priced actors there. Probably what Millie Bobby Brown would be the biggest one. Mm-hmm. Maybe she. Uh, I don't Scar- know who's like Scars- top build. I guess on there probably Scarsgard was. No, Scarsgard was top build. Okay. Um, but yeah, still, I mean, I wouldn't say he's a list. Yeah. No. Uh, so the number Variety was thrown out to break even for this movie was three hundred and thirty million. 
So they are forty-five million that off much, for this. That much in advertising? I guess. More Holy well, advertising is usually double budget. More than twice, Jesus Christ. So they were again last weekend two hundred eighty-five million worldwide. So forty-five. What? No, fifty. Wait, I can't math. Yeah, forty. Fifty-five. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Forty-five. Yeah, forty-five million dollars, yeah, and they, they, they can break even. So we'll see well, if they make that, that this weekend. Well, that doesn't account for. Any HBO Max considerations they pull in towards its profitability. And that's where I was going to go next and sort of lean into our other questions with this. So we talked about Warner Brothers bringing their entire 2021 movie slate to HBO Max and how theaters were obviously didn't like that because that would cut into the theaters and make them suffer. So they obviously theaters see it as a way of losing revenue if the movie isn't shown exclusively in theaters for two to three months. Godzilla vs. Kong actually is on pace to turn a profit while being available to stream. The same day it was in theaters for HBO Max subscribers, it raises some interesting questions. So, all Warner Brothers had said about the movie streaming on HBO Max was that the movie had, and I quote, larger viewer audiences than any other film or show on HBO Max since launch. Now, unless Warner Brothers actually releases some concrete numbers, we have no idea what the fuck that means. Right. Yeah. Well, that's not even relevant because what really matters is did it keep people from unsubscribing? Did it right. grab new subscribers? So we don't like, know. That if, matters yeah, we don't most. know what the new subscriber numbers are. We don't know how many people actually watched this that were already subscribed. Like this is a very vague promise of hey, it did good. And, and I mean, based on their, go ahead. But say based on their earnings calls from Netflix and Disney that I've like you know, read reporters covering, no one gives those numbers out because reasons like yeah. someone has to have good versions of those numbers that's the thing right like even i'm assuming disney would probably have some of the best they don't even give it out and usually you would think they would to hype it up more so it's, it's something we'll never know unless one of us gets a job there yeah and that's the thing is is all they all they could do is over a certain period of time look at new subscriptions and retention periods the 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 it the level of difficulty from even their end of getting accurate market data from their users is is difficult and so they don't want to say things publicly that they are attributing to things that at best they would be interpreting and extrapolating to the nth degree like there's the, the level of confidence you could ha try to have in coming up with that information even yourself like, like uh, the one thing they could do easily brian i think you just said it was could you look at the people who were already your customers who accessed that title yes yeah. that is that is really the only simple sure thing you could pull you could try to say okay in the two weeks before and after its release on the platform how many new subscriptions were there and to what degree do we feel confident or are we able to ascertain that those new subscriptions were in part or to a significant extent or in whole because of that specific thing? That's and then beyond that, even like, that's already muddy to begin with. And then anything beyond that is just complete, you know, out of your ass guesswork. Yes. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I think they, like there's there's the metrics you can use. Like, is that the first thing someone watched on the service? Yeah. Fair point. Did There's... they subscribe and watch that right away? Sure. Yeah. Did it did um was it someone 
whose subscription was nearly ended and like that's the last thing they watched and then they let it lapse you know there's a lot of things you can still extrapolate with just those base questions i think that really form a significant opinion but like for us like they're never going to give us that level of detail no. i learned like very base numbers of well, how many people even watch this like in first 24 hours they'll never tell us then but that would that would i think be a lot too how many people watch this day one because you would think those people at least care enough about the service to keep it around for something like that right. you can you you could make a metric of how many of those people are on that service still because of this movie based on first 24 hours watching i think but yeah it, there's a lot that goes into it and i think the key for them is is that they show well we can make it both ways day one release and we can still pull in the theater money and i think that will help them a lot with their partners that were upset when you know they were saying hey everything's going up on hbo max and that's sort of what i want to lean into is is pose the question of even even though granted we're still in this weird bubble of like coming out of the pandemic still in the pandemic people are watching from home people aren't still in the theaters yet so it's still unclear just looking at this movie how it's going to shake out but Given some of the numbers that we're getting, and 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 the box office seems to be doing well for Godzilla vs Kong, do you think having this movie available in theaters the same day as it is streaming, do you, it, I'm trying to decide, I guess, going forward, do you think this is something that can be sustained? Because I feel like the fear has always been that they would cannibalize each other if they were offered the same way. So if you could see a movie at home, but it's also in the theaters the same day, everyone's fear, at least distributors' fear, is that people are going to take convenience over going to the theater and they're going to watch it at home and theaters are going to shutter. We're at the point now where it's pro this movie, at least as the case scenario for this proves that that might not be the case. People can actually, there's an audience for both and both are sustainable. Is that something that we could see going forward? Or do you think this is a one-off case of, of just being lucky and coming out of the pandemic? I mean, I think this goes back to our earlier discussion about the blockbusters can do it. Okay. Smaller stuff can't. Mike, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, like, there's certain things that you can't account for here, given the scenario. And, you know, I mean, for me personally, if this was just in theater, I'd be waiting to see it. You know, yeah. like, it's, it's a scenario where I wouldn't have been in a theater personally because of my own personal, you know, deal with where I'm at with everything in the world. So it was an outlet for me to have seen it. Right. But do I think people will be more likely to subscribe to a service or to pay a one-time fee to go to a theater? I think people are still more likely to pay the one-time fee to see a movie in a theater than subscribe to something. Okay. You know, if this was something where it was a nominal fee to show it at home for your family... Yeah, I could see people paying the one-time fee to watch it at home, but it's not. It's a subscription to a service, which in and of itself involves a bit of a hassle that some people that aren't subscribed won't want to go through just for that movie. So you'd or see possible I guess, future movies. That so you're, they don't you're thinking know. you're thinking theaters would sort of win that battle between streaming and and seeing a movie in the theater. In the long run, yeah. Okay. With with everything normalized and back to. 100% capacity theaters, everything's open, the virus is destroyed, you know, and they come to that point, I think people are going to want to be in the theaters for many reasons, not just the theater experience. 
you know, most people don't want that hassle of signing up for stuff. Yeah. Um, Andy, what do you think? You think streaming and movies released in theaters day and date can last together? They can they can have that symbiotic relationship? It's difficult to say uh, based on where we are in history right now, coming out of a pandemic where no one has really been in a theater too much in the past like year and a half or so. Yeah. So it's difficult to say. I'd say this is a good stepping stone or um, I think the potential is there for it to happen. But by by any means, this is not a definite thing. Yeah. Uh, Josh, what do you think? Uh, I, I don't think I have anything to add that they haven't really <laughs> said very well already. I'd just be repeating. Okay. I mean, I think one thing, like, very long term we have to remember is there's a whole generation of people that are now used to watching content on nine inch screens. Yes. Like they're kind of fine with having a suboptimal experience, like watching mil just content in general. And I think, you know, that's going to play in part too to like the future strategy of streaming is like, well, if you sign up once, it's kind of a hassle to cancel. <laughs> they just might not cancel. You just got to give it in there once. Yeah. You know, I feel like that'd be a fun social experiment is find someone that has sort of grown up watching things on a on a screen, small screen, and just take them to a movie theater for something, some big, loud movie and be like, here you go. What do you think? And, but for then the they'd be upset. It's lives. not the yeah. dream server on Minecraft. And they can't pause it. Yeah. Wait, how do I give them a super chat? <laughs> <laughs> this content is way to quality it is so is polished very I, can't, I can't watch this being so polished it's too good i now want them Looks to have like good. a bag of like emotes to throw out <laughs> <laughs> like a rocky horror picture show kind of thing i see yeah, i started thinking about the room but of the plastic spoons it'll be like smiley face emojis or some shit yeah <laughs> the shit emojis and stuff <laughs> <laughs> for when you're watching the room that might be a million dollar idea we, we might have to forward that and, and make that you Zach, are going to yeah, that, that would ruin the lives of the people working in the theater who have to clean all that shit up i mean we're not throwing yeah, actual super shit chats. <laughs> like it's, it's it's like paper emojis they still have to sweep the theater after every based show. on the amount of popcorn i see in the theaters after people leave anymore i don't think it'll be that different it'd be horrendous <laughs> I guess that's that's true. Josh worked at a movie theater, so he he's dreading everything we're talking about. If you came into my lobby and said that, I would kick you in the leg and push you out the door. <laughs> I brought my own emojis from home to throw. <laughs> although, although regulation, although they won't fit in the broom, that that would make a really good like sketch comedy skit, like a Saturday Night Live or something, where you took I don't want to say like Gen Zers because I don't want to put them on a box, but if you like, I don't know, transported like a, a younger one, maybe like a, a tween out of that world into something like, yeah, the uh, portray the idea of somehow being able to react to their thing in real life yeah, in real time and like not understanding like, well, what do you mean? I held up, I held up the shit emoji. Why, why didn't something happen? Is anyone going to comment on this? Anybody? Yeah. Just a bunch of people in the theater just holding up a thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> And this is, that just gets you back to the Roman Colosseum where that thumbs up decided to live your time. <laughs> <laughs> or you get a circle. theater full of people making the poggers face. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, all right, so I think at this point we'll get into discussing the movie. Uh, so at that point we're going to throw out the spoiler alert. Uh, so if you've not seen Godzilla vs. Kong and do not want spoiled for the movie, pause this now, come back to us after you've watched the movie, either in the theater or on HBO Max. Uh, after this, it's so spoilers are fair game. So last warning, spoilers to follow. Wee-oo-wee-oo. Spoiler! Wee-oo-wee-oo. Spoiler! You know, something like that. <laughs> All right, so we are free to cover any type of spoilers that we would like to cover. Um, and since, you know, we sort of prefaced this with the, the inevitable fight between Ian and Mike choosing sides for Godzilla and Kong. So I, I sort of, we talked about this beforehand. I think it's probably easier just to let them kind of try to hash it out for a little bit here and see see how this goes. Can, can I ask a question first? Sure. Or make a request, rather. Just that we have a moderator, so that we're not just shouting over each other the entire time. Oh, that's exactly so it's an actual what I discussion, and not happen. just like shouting and shouting and shouting. Nobody hears what we're saying. Yeah, somebody will have to be like, "It's you. you you've had your time, sir. Next." <laughs> Does anyone have the, who has the ability to cut a mic? I don't think everyone. <laughs> we've, we've proven that already. All of us can. Wait, can't? Oh, that's a Skype option, right? We can. Yeah, remember I muted Mike that one time. <laughs> I forget how to do that. I mean, it mutes in Skype, but then the recording is still going to be awful. Oh, that's true. But that's that's what editing's for. Um, yeah, yeah just make Brian's my job problem. harder. <laughs> Love it. All right, so we've decided to uh, kick things off. I don't know. Do we want to decide who goes first on this whole thing, or are you guys just going to... Is it going to be a mad scramble? I have a prepared statement. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? He has a prepared statement. I have a prepared opinion and ideas. I'll let... He has a statement. Presumably... Um, that's a well-organized and well-thought-out statement, so I'll let him go first, since mine's more chaos. <laughs> All right, Ian. Your turn. Back in 1954, an idea was born that would turn into an absolute juggernaut. A king, nay, god of monsters was born. A blended chimera of idea inspired by Keloid scars of Hiroshima survivors. He stood tall to defend the world of man from itself. Five years after annihilating his greatest rival, King Ghidorah, the absolute pinnacle of creation, once again shows man the error of its ways. Now, some would say Kong may be smarter than Godzilla, which would allow Kong to defeat the King of Monsters. While Godzilla wouldn't pass a high school chemistry class, what Godzilla is smart in is kaiju fighting and the psychology of apex predators. Kong is still having wet dreams, and he's at his so-called pinnacle. But the pinnacle of kaiju fighting is so much higher. He needs to first be better than Rodan, Mothra, or even the humans who capture him with relative ease. Not even Kyle Chandler telling Kong, clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose, would have made a difference. Kong is a 13-cent brain in a million-dollar body. He's a low-tier kaiju who has to be naked to count to 21. If Kong steps up again, the last thing he will see is his guts spilling out of his body. Godzilla is back. And God help you if you are against him. Is that it? Okay, so I'm, I'm going to focus on a bit of facts from the movie here in the content provided to us, and not just hype from my personal favorite, but in this um, movie we see very clearly that uh, Kong and Godzilla kind of fought to 
a little bit of a gentleman's draw, you know. <laughs> Kong ends up with a dislocated shoulder. He died in that scene. They had to use the world's largest defibrillator to bring him back from death itself. I think that was a bad directorial choice. It didn't make any sense as to why he died from a shoulder and some scratches. No, his shoulder was broken and he uh, was allow dead. Him, allow him no, to have his opening dead. statement, he sir. He popped it back into place. He, he allowed you to have your opening statement. Let him make his, his opening argument. Now, I said facts. This is all false conjecture. Now let, now, let me also make a very clear statement about this that the movie makes also very clear. Kong, at least in this sense, Godzilla beat a baby. If he won, it was just a baby. We see he Kong sat on meet his, his ancestors and you had he fit in the palm of their hands. Godzilla beat up on a baby. He beat up on a baby, and he could he could barely even call it a win. And then he needed his ass saved by that baby. The hero of this movie is Kong. Kong is the hero. There's no disputing that. Godzilla is a kind of an idiot villain. He doesn't realize that this thing that's a mechanical, you know, version of himself is what's causing all this, and it's not really a threat. You know, he, he could just not just destroy human beings over it but instead godzilla and his uh reptilian brain keep him in a little bit of a gray area so you know the think hero the fact that king Ghidorah took over the mecha godzilla was an issue you had no problem with king Ghidorah then turning that into a weapon so you're saying godzilla, godzilla didn't, didn't see that, that occurring. at the time hey, we didn't see godzilla with his galaxy brain foresaw and godzilla went future. to do it and he got his ass handed to him by Mechagodzilla. And if it wasn't for the little girl telling Kong, don't go kill Godzilla, well, Godzilla would be dead. Because Mechagodzilla would have torn him to pieces, and then Kong would have beaten Mechagodzilla. Be we all would be dead. Why would uh, we be dead? Kong would not have beaten Mechagodzilla. Yeah. Oh, he he would have gotten would have his ass wrecked again, and even harder. He I, literally yeah. only won the fight because his axe got charged up. Well, again, we, we, if we want to talk about well, semantics here, reason. Godzilla has absolutely nothing without atomic breath. He has one. He's a one-trick pony. That's all he's got. And he uses Kong it. Kong had no tricks. His trick was my friend helped me out, and the humans bailed me out because I'm a baby back bitch who bent the knee. He is a baby. That's very true. But he never bends any knee. So he goes to rule over though. the hollow earth at the end of this, where I'm all so the monsters are because from. You told and he me is the king Kong of Skull monsters Island. at the end he of was this. A child. And Godzilla so now he's stayed still up a child. on Earth, where there so, is no so other monsters, because he's just like, you know what, I can't do this anymore. So Kong's down there living his best life as king of the monsters in the hollow earth, where the monsters actually are. And Godzilla's just, I don't know, a surface dweller now? He can't the, the go down there anymore. That's Kong's space. Is that, is that Kong got a storyline and they didn't give it to Godzilla because Godzilla is a force of nature. He is uncontrollable, undeniable, an absolute maniac in the sheets and a freak on the street. He absolutely killed Kong twice in this movie. Once they had to turn off the power to their boats to be like, hey, we're not a threat to you anymore because Kong was dead. He was about to drown again and you get mean his ass handed to him five more times. You mean because the crocodilian creature in the water? Yeah, one thing that can breathe underwater and one thing that can't? That's a little bit tilted. That's a little I'm bit sorry. tilted in one favor, you know. Maybe he shouldn't hang out on boats. 
I don't tell the I don't tell the Kennedys to fly. Like next. Again, I got a problem with that, but that's not that has nothing to do with Kong himself. We'll focus on that when we get to my problems with the movie. But and then he gets his ass kicked again in Hong Kong, an absolute thrashing does not where he dies. Kicked. He is dead. He is TIA dead. Godzilla, I, I, I does, Godzilla doesn't sign. He's, he, that's how he spells dead. The the monkey <laughs> is so dead they get the world's giant defilibrator to bring him back to life. It's a clear like wit. I a child. No you clear told me he was here. a child five years ago, and now he Godzilla grew two hundred feet while Kong stays in Hong feet, Kong. Two hundred feet, and now he's still a child. It's excuses, excuses, excuses. He's clearly shown to be a child. Can't do shit. He's clearly shown to be a child. Clapped. He fits Twice. in the palm of the hand of the true King Kong he, in the Hollow Earth. All right, I'm going to close it down. Was it a small child? God, King Kong wouldn't even eat food. He would have starved to death if a child didn't tell him to eat. All right, Ian. All right. Simmer, simmer down. Simmer down. <laughs> she respective corners. Trolls him. <laughs> All right, do you guys feel good? Do you, do you need to shake it off? Do you need to, like, do a lap or anything? It's just patently false information. Do you need us to cut your eyes so you can see? <laughs> I mean, I just stated what the movie showed. That's all. Kong beating up Godzilla a little bit. Godzilla beating up on a baby, definitely. Okay, so, so he's only a child. All right, hey, wait, 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 wait. I want to get the other guys in here. You guys had your time now. All right, take a breather. <laughs> Josh, Godzilla versus Kong. The fights, the how how they played out. What do you think? Did you did you have a side? I guess going in, I feel like. Mike was the only one really pushing Kong going into this, right? As far as I remember. The hero. <laughs> I don't know if I really... Yeah, I don't think I really had any favorites or, or loyalties. Just wanted the story to be good. Okay. Well, we'll get to story. What did you yeah. think about the the fights with these guys? Uh, Like how they actually were presented and executed? Or whether, like, who who do I think came out of Victor or, or who was failing? Like more along the lines of what they were just arguing. Yeah, we'll 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 try to lean into that. Got it. Um, I think the way that events played out. I mean, it, it from what I remember from my one viewing, it kind of seemed like. I don't know. I I eventually. They both would have lost, to Mecca. And. Like with that, it, it it admittedly it did seem to me like it was coming to a draw if it was just the two of them. Like maybe eventually okay. one of them would have just been beaten enough and tired from the fight that one could have prevailed, but neither was absolutely dominating the other. So you didn't see a clear winner between the two of them. I did not. Okay, Andy, do you think there was a clear winner between Godzilla versus Kong? Yes. You, you can elaborate or just keep leaving it yes. Just leave it there. Just stop right there. You asked him a yes or no well, question. He responded. That's fair. Fair. <laughs> they they had to defibrillate Kong. So the clear winner in my head is Godzilla. He actually TKO'd Kong. Okay. See, TKO is an interesting term. Because I believe because of the dislocated shoulder, it would actually be what's considered a no contest. 
or but the just... lack of heartbeat in breathing. <laughs> <laughs> Which, again, when we get to the story and why it makes absolutely no sense for that to be the case, we can talk about that. Now, but uh, for now, I, we're just on the fight. As far as the fight goes, um, I think it's Skarsgård who actually says, well, they're in their little like hover chopper, whatever the fuck that thing is. Yeah. Uh, looks like round two goes to Kong. Kong did win round two, but Godzilla won round one and round three. If it's even a round because they fight five seconds after he says that. <laughs> like They both are just kind of like in their corners. It, it's not a real round in a sense of like someone but, wins the but round. But if you want to go with that, you know, dialogue in the movie, you know, I think one goes to Godzilla. Discounting the ten to, rounds one in the ocean. Two. Huh? No, that's that was round that's one. ten rounds. They went ten rounds then in the ocean. No, they... If that's round one. <laughs> I, I think you could go either way. I think they're, you know, because they make a point to say round two goes to Kong, you could sort of just say, okay, round two was there. I'm with Andy. You could say round three takes him. But, Ian, to your point, I saw the movie twice. I watched it in the theater, and then I watched it when I got home, too, later that weekend. Um, and with that in mind, when I watched it the second time, round two almost doesn't end. Like, Skarsgård says that, and then, like Ian said, immediately after that, they're fighting again. So, right. round two, you could either spin it both ways. Either you see it as a very prolonged round two, where Skarsgård jumped the gun and declared someone a winner when they obviously weren't. Or you could say, okay, round two was Kong's, but round three clearly went to Godzilla because it ends with Godzilla having his foot on Kong's chest. Because they do stop... Yeah, they do stop fighting when he says, looks like he got round two. They take a breather. For a little bit, and then, yeah. Real quick. And then they... Yeah. And then like, that's right when they say after that, there's the major impact, and they both kind of get blown back. Yes. That's when that happens. Like he, Godzilla's shooting the atomic breath, and the axe comes down and whacks him in the face, and there's a big boom, and then that's when they say that line. Yes. Also, am I supposed to trust Skarsgård's judgment at all <laughs> as a character? Like, I, I don't think I should trust him. Yeah, we'll get to we'll get to care. Is there anything we want to we talk about for the the fight? The, like between the two, Godzilla versus Kong. Any anything we want to touch at on? At the real end quick of the us? day. At the end of the movie, they stare each other down, and Kong bends the knee. He bends no knee. What knee does he, he bend? Drops he the stands axe. in the place proverbial and knee. He drops away. the axe. He drops the axe. He says, I'm not fighting. I give up. You are better than me, sir. Oh, it's him dropping it. It's not him listening to it's the girl a and being like, he's not knee. an enemy. We're good. And it's not his <laughs> mammalian brain giving him the ability to realize, just like in the movie War Games, that there was no way to win. Well, because he would have lost. Yes, there was no no no. no there was no win. winner. There was not going to be a winner. It was just going there to be always. All right, so I'm going to take won, the middle ground here because I agree that Godzilla is the clear winner between the two of them. However, I'm with Mike, and that Godzilla at that moment, Kong is not saying you're going to kick my ass. I'm surrendering. He's saying we're on the same page. We're cool. Peace out, buddy. Yeah, that's. I'm actually agreeing with Mike on that one as well. And I'm also upset that Godzilla then didn't super kick him in the face. <laughs> Godzilla turned tail, tucked it between his legs, and like Sean hey, don't push it, Mike. Don't put. Hey, word and happy medium here. Do not push your luck here. <laughs> I'm just saving what happened in the movie. I mean, that's Kong stayed in place. He went away. Like Godzilla clearly could have went into a bout of Hulkamania and won the next round if he needed to. All right, so let's let's spin to the uh, the, the ultimate pointless human maybe. characters that I think we're all referring to. So, what does everybody think about these human people that are in this movie? What so humans? you could have cut you could have cut a good like half hour out of this movie by getting rid of the Stranger Things mini kids look for shit storyline Scooby Gang. Like get rid of that. The 
theory podcast. Fuck, what, what was that for? <laughs> it did nothing. Cut it. Gone. Gave her something to do. That's it. But that's what I mean. You just cut all of that. Like, she's not in the movie now. Nothing it was their way. It was their way to introduce you to Mechagodzilla. That was their way of doing it. And it's just it, a shit way. I could have done it in two minutes. It, I agree. It was not great. Yeah. But in in that respect, those characters, um, seeing Fire Fist come back was kind of cool. Uh, having him around, that you know, he wasn't the same character, but it was still good. Um, Millie Bobby Brown, man, she just. She's not doing anything. Like I'm sorry, she's very bland. This time, um, I think the only reason she's there is because you had to have somebody from a Godzilla movie in there. Yeah. Um, which I'm not sure podcast she got, guy, even though they they were pointless, I liked him. Which, I'm not sure she got anything good to work with. Honestly, no. Uh, Sarah and I were talking. It just felt like the delivery was weak. That's all. Because none yeah. of them gave good performances, in my opinion. It, it, no, the, the only girl. good. The only good line in this movie is when the evil guy tells the one dude to get in the goddamn chair. <laughs> that's the only good line in this movie, and half of that's because it's a reference to an anime. <laughs> uh, Josh, go ahead. What were you trying to say? Uh, I mean, I guess it more more broadly. Um, the I, I, I people on, on both people on this panel and in in general about these movies say things a lot like i don't want or need human stories as part of these just give me the monster fight and the monster conflict and stuff i guess depends on where like what version of guilty pleasures you like and and where you like to get them i think there is a way to blend them well and i personally am a fan of the first two godzillas uh god of monsters grew on me a lot uh we watched it again during pandemic i think last summer and mm. i actually really liked it a lot more the second time um there's a lot to be desired out of skull island but even going back to the 2014 godzilla i actually really like the story i like the blend of people with the monster conflict and all that all that said i hated every single person moment in this movie <laughs> and and not and not be, not because i wanted the monsters more and that's just what i came here for it's because it was all shit yeah um it was the, yeah i feel like this director did a very good job with like the fighting and stuff and then he was sort of like george lucas did and was like yeah that, that's a good take <laughs> uh, one and done yeah let's both, move on both is it in the can? Both, but yeah, <laughs> both by the acting and just by by the script and the story. Like, I'm sorry to the like. I'm looking at the 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 story credits and the screenwriters, and some of these are names I recognize, and I wouldn't generally say that they're bad at their jobs. But, um, like one of the reasons that I I liked God of Monsters so much more was King of Monsters. King, King of Monsters, thank you. Um, is the continuation of um. Ken Watanabe's character and yeah. uh, oh, I'm blanking on her name. The other scientist, she's in the first movie as well. And she's killed in King of the Monsters. Um, though those continuity aspects worked well. Kong was a problem because it took place in the seventies. And then all of a sudden you jump forward to Godzilla two, and then you're in modern time and you're like, what the hell happened with the last 40 years? Oh, Monarch was just spending that time getting established. So you had a problem there. But 
it feels like the only reason some of the people got, like Kyle Chandler especially, there's no reason he's in this movie whatsoever. Yeah. I I really dug is him. Is that uh, dad? Uh, the dad? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I really okay. dug him in Godzilla too, but you only have him and Millie Bobby Brown just to create a semblance of continuity, which doesn't even matter and plays no role. And yeah, it just it was all crap. And then and then the human story that was there was, in my opinion, so overbloated and and so intricate, just as a means. Like everything was a a, a um oh not a mulligan. What's the word I'm thinking of? MacGuffin. MacGuffin. Every human detail was a MacGuffin to get something else set up in terms of the monsters. Yes. To give you a context for why some of the stuff could be happening by the end. But honestly, I didn't give a shit. You could have you could have gotten me to Kong and Godzilla have a conflict way easier, way faster for a completely simpler reason. And then in the background, there's some company... Yes, that creates a Mecha Godzilla, and you could still kind of have that. But all the reasons why those things come together, and all the tissue getting you there, I was extremely uninterested in. There's, I think, I like, I understand why the certain things have to happen. Like, yes, we just want big monsters to fight each other, but big monsters do do not communicate how and why they are doing things to the audience. You have to have something that expositions and explains things to people watching the movie, which is where the human characters come in. Fair, but because everybody's spread out. And like you said, everything is just trying to, you're just following the humans to push everything together so that you come to the eventual climax of everyone being in the same spot at the same place for different reasons and everything culminates in the big fight at the end. But there's so many different spinning plates at the first part of this movie that you like they're giving you the bare minimum setup to get to where you need to go by the end of it. And it's so bare paper thin that all, most of it amounts to nothing just to get to where you need to go. So can I list off uh, some of my serious problems with the people end of this movie? <laughs> sure. Because I have quite a list. Uh, first and foremost, we see them early on in the movie. Um, Madison, I think is her name. Millie Bobby Brown's character. Correct. Yeah. Goes with uh, Fire Fist to, <laughs> in Pensacola to Chinatown to find uh, some connection to find this guy on the podcast. First and foremost, population of Pensacola, Florida is about 50,000. It does not have a fucking Chinatown. 50,000 is smaller than Greensburg. Like, let me make that clear. Like, it's 50,000 is the population of Pensacola. There is no Chinatown in Pensacola. It's not a thing. 50,000 population in that big of an area has no... It's, it's not a thing. That's bullshit. Then the reason that they're there is they're looking to find a guy who buys a lot of bleach. Okay? Yes. And when they talk to him about it, or when they're talking about it, we're talking about a black man who showers with bleach and shows no signs of it whatsoever. I'm sorry, you do not shower with bleach. You don't do it. You're going to poison and burn your skin. That's what's going to happen you're going to have lesions all over your skin. You're going to basically be killing yourself slowly with bleach. Um, that's ridiculous and stupid. There's a reason why bleach on your skin is bad. That that was just... Okay. Following these same characters, from Pensacola to Hong Kong, there is a maglev tunnel. Pardon me, what the fuck? 
how do you have a maglev tunnel that goes from Pensacola to Hong Kong? Because, that because of generations how do you have to holes build? in the earth that go to nothing? Like this is a movie that is not grounded at all. I understand that, but that's the monster side of things. This is the human side of things talking about technology that very much does exist with maglev technology. It's a thing. It does exist. And it's also the same movie that has some... flying cars that go into the middle of the earth. Like the the sci-fi part of this takes over this movie. No, I get that. But there's no reason for the tunnel. Th that whole aspect. They mm. could have had these it characters cool. be living in Hong Kong and had this whole conflict happen in Hong Kong. There was no reason to have the separate spaces and to have them travel from one place to the other. It was pointless. I think that's almost like Blockbuster Movie 101, is it has to be a globe-trotting adventure. Okay. Um, sure. Um, this is kind of a human problem. It, Kong doing sign language is 100% bullshit. Um, there's no way people would not have noticed Kong doing sign language. Well, no, it is weird that the foremost Kong expert never thought that he could learn sign language. <laughs> Which like, is also bullshit. That just disqualifies you from being a Kong expert, I think. <laughs> well, they, they, and they also, like, recently, they, they proved gorillas don't learn sign language. That whole Coco thing was a hoax. That, that, that wasn't real. They don't learn sign language. They can't. They, and, and it's a thing. But at the same time, He's how fucking big and you're not seeing this giant thing sign? Do they not have cameras on him at all times observing him? Seems like Why they should. Why would they not? Yeah. What's the no, point Didn't of we this see a room of like 30 cameras observing him? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like we literally saw that. Yeah. It, so you would see this fucker doing sign language. You would know. It's very obvious, especially if you have a daughter who is deaf that you do sign language with all the time. You would know what sign language looks like and you would recognize it right away. So I feel like we're veering into story decisions here and story problems and not character stuff. Is there anything else we want to touch on for character stuff before we spin the story so, stuff? Josh had mentioned it. I, I think King of Monsters did a pretty good job with their humans. I think out of all of these, it did the best. Like, I would put the original Godzilla up there, but I think that movie, human-wise, really dropped off after Cranston died. So, like, after mm. the first 40, 50 minutes. Because after that, it went to his son, who's just generic action hero man. Who Fair. can't really deliver a story at that point. So I, I think you can do these well. I think Pacific Rim does a really good job of human stuff. I think it's yes. possible to be done. Um, I think it was 2015, the Gojira film that released in Japan did a really great job with the human stuff. Godzilla is nothing like the Godzilla in these films. He's very much more turtle-like and stuff. And <laughs> it's very much carried by the humans. And it's a criticism of like the inactivity of the Japanese government to disasters in general. And, like, that film does a great job with the human characters building the tension in the story. Yeah. This does not. I'm... the ten, I'm, You're never... Because I don't invest it in any of these people. I don't care if Skarsgård lives or dies. He gets tricked by, like, an evil guy in, like, two seconds. <laughs> and I feel like there's a cut of this movie where they probably have all the backstory for all these characters to make you give a shit about them. But, again, for a movie that goes into theater and stuff like that, two-hour runtime is typically what people shoot for, so all of that stuff gets cut. But right. also, they could have cut the whole cut of this movie. There might I, be. There was an interview with the director that said, "I have a five-hour version of this movie," but but people took that and said, "Oh, release the the Godzilla versus Kong, you know, the MonsterVerse cut of this movie." In the same quote, he goes on to say, 
but I'm completely happy with this cut of the movie. This is what movie making is. Editing is hard. You have to make tough decisions to get the movie to the runtime that you need to do to put it in a theater. He solely admits that there was extra stuff in the theater that had to get cut to make way for the time frame they wanted to release it in. So that he's not saying, like, I prefer my five-hour version of the movie. He is completely accepting this is what we got, this is what we're dealing with, basically saying deal with it. So, but also I, with I what we got, I don't problem. know if I want three more hours. <laughs> like, I, I unless do, it's all have... monsters, like yeah, I don't true. want three hours. Well, it could be <laughs> like humans. more of like Kong, because like in the opening credits, you get like the whole like it looks like bracketology, right? Of like who's defeated who and all that going on, and then it's showing like oh now we're at Kong versus Godzilla. Maybe there was some of that going on, showing like Kong and Godzilla killing off some more monsters along the way. Maybe. maybe not i don't know maybe some of that was in there and it got cut i have no idea but i i have one other character issue okay so i don't remember her name but she's the apex guy's daughter isa gonzalez yeah um she plays kind of a villain kind of character here a little bit um but at one point i have a serious issue with this character in the development because she is supposed to be there and have taken part and know everything about these heaves she even corrects him at one point when he calls it a helicopter and she says no it's a heave this is the hollow earth aerial vehicle you know that's what this is and then later when he he actually explains to her what's about to happen that she was a lead designer on this fucking vehicle for so that it would work when this happens he tells her about it, and she gets scared. And I'm just like, who made that decision? I honestly didn't pick up that she was anyway involved in the development of that vehicle, Just, but I think that's just more to do with the storytelling than anything else. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, I, I took it. I'm not disagreeing with you. She I was just very think... defensive about it. And I feel very, like they, you know. Like, I took the name thing as just her, like, knowing the names of things as she works there. Why would she not, be the one they sent and not somebody that knows the inner and outer workings of these things? She's the one he trusts That's why the I most. assume she does. Yeah, That's she's why I the one that'll get the job done. Yeah. Well, okay. But still, it, it seemed like, oh, you don't know what this vehicle's about to do, and it's your company's vehicle. Okay. I, also I think feel like also there's... the part where someone explains it to you right before it happens that makes it worse. <laughs> Like, you know how the roller coaster works, but when someone's like, and then 20 Gs of pure force hits you, you know. I feel like if different. if I had to guess, and this is just me extrapolating based on the very little evidence that's in the movie, that Skarsgård's character, along with being a scientist, obviously had the brother that died that was a pilot. I'm almost willing to bet that he had some sort of pilot training or was somehow in that profession or knew enough about that profession. Because by the end of the movie, he's flying the damn thing, which is not yeah. explained at all. So right. I'm I don't know if he like tried to be like his like do something in in memorial for his brother like try to take up flying and try to be a pilot and you know there could be something in there obviously that got cut nothing of that that's me just extrapolating based on his brother was a pilot he's playing with this little astronaut guy the whole time and suddenly knows how to fly a vehicle by the end of the movie that's what we have to go on yeah um Andy I don't know if we got I can't remember did we get you in for characters anything you want to touch on for characters. Um, I don't, I think I chirped in a couple of times, but okay. I don't think anyone really had a very strong performance in this. Okay. Yeah, I think and I, I don't know that it was necessarily their faults. 
Yes, either. I, I, I don't agree. think I don't think um, the producers or director really cared to spend much more time than they gave on on like any sort of character development in it. Yeah, and I thought it did a fairly poor like their story arcs did a fairly poor job of driving the story. Yes, like Josh yeah. said, like I really didn't care. I would put Godzilla the first movie highest as far as like caring about the people with uh king of monsters like slightly below it um and this is this is pretty far away from it it's it's one of those things where you know if you walk out of a movie and basically forget everyone that starred and like everything about these characters that are in the movie that's not good for your characters in this movie right obviously you kind of come out of it talking about godzilla versus kong they are the focus they are the clear focus of this movie and the only character that i sort of kind of maybe gave a shit about was the little girl Everybody else is completely forgettable to me. Like, I think the, the the worst tragedy of the characters is, like, the villain never, like, that's so easy to write. I've not, like, you know, out of all the things to write, like, evil, megalomaniac, rich villain, you know, that's been done so much, just throw out someone else's. Just pretend it's a Bond villain. Yeah. Like, even his death scene isn't that satisfying. Yeah. Right. And it's, like, it's so stereotypical. Like, everyone sees it coming a mile away, and it's still, like, eh. For all intents and purposes, the guy isn't even technically a villain because he doesn't intentionally get Godzilla to attack Pensacola because he wants to make some profit or something. He just wants to kill Godzilla so they're safe. He's he's afraid of Godzilla. He has good intentions in what he's doing. The he's just hell. a fucking idiot. Yes, I classify an evil under the absolute power who's going to corrupt him eventually, and he kind of has, like, an evil laugh, I think, he tried to bust out. Oh, they definitely <laughs> framed him as evil. Like, the character seemed evil. Everything about the character screamed evil. It's just what he's actually doing and actually does. He doesn't really do anything evil. Like, I preferred the evil guy in Bloodshot. <laughs> I feel like we need a bingo card for how many times you talk about Bloodshot and Turtles on every other podcast that we do. Wait till we get Ghost Rider on that list for him. Oh, Either boy. that, or, or we'll do a uh, a drunk cast, and we'll do a shot every time you mention something. About oh God! Oh or God! That'll be that'll be the, the the next live stream. I am not built for that. <laughs> um, so we've already started veering into story. So let's let's just head into story. What did you guys think of the overall story for this movie? I feel like we're gonna have some complaints. Did any? I let's spin it this like... way. Did anyone like the story? I like yes. the story, but I feel like I had to connect a lot of the dots on my own, and I would have liked to have those dots closer, or if not, you know, already connected. Uh, can you be more specific? Uh, I didn't immediately pick up that uh, Ghidorah was controlling Mechagodzilla. Okay, fair they sort of really just really mention it in passing. I feel like you were overhearing what Millie Bobby Brown was overhearing to make that connection. They, I Watching it a second time is when I picked it up, which is they find the skull where the, the Pacific Rim thing happens, right. where they control Mechagodzilla from. And the podcast guy says like, oh, okay, the other skull for, for Ghidorah is in Mechagodzilla. That makes the telepathic telepathic connection between the two because uh Ghidorah could telepathically talk to each head mm-hmm. there's only two heads left they put one skull there and they telepathically link the other one to the Mechagodzilla and that's how they control him and why that guy knows that information I have no idea yeah 
For I'm a, so confused because I didn't pick that up. Yeah, the, yeah exactly. One I didn't quick pick line. up that it, the skull was it, in Mechagodzilla. I thought that was the post credit scene from King of Monsters Ghidorah head. Because they, they, they show yeah, the, the um, one they're using as the as the vessel that you actually see the like fossil skeleton skull that that I assumed that was the same one. Brian, you're I'm the same as Mike though. I, I didn't There were two heads left. I didn't catch the whole thing that oh, there's Ghidorah, another but there was a third head. There's another that, head somewhere. What's his name had? Charles Dance had. I thought the third one got eaten or something, didn't it? No, no, no. He regrew. The one uh, head got okay. bitten right. off, and it regrew, and, he, and Charles Dance's character had the one that got bitten off in the first place. Well, then that, that throws my logic off, because I don't know where the third head is. I was no, only no, counting that's for, for two. That's for Mecha Ghidorah. We haven't had Mecha Ghidorah yet. That means oh, God. That's, that's true. a very I guess established that character there. That's, that's what I assumed. Like, okay, there's two, the third one. Oh, they're going to do Mecha Ghidorah at some point. I didn't even catch the fact that there was two in play here let alone it's the one line of dialogue and it's thrown away very quickly yeah it's it's you overhearing what another character is overhearing (laughs) and and it's just like it's you're just like what was that thing in the tunnel that just happened over there i'm not really sure but yeah let's go with it it's like there's a lot of scenes that are just exposition sequences and the fact when they find that skull they just spit all this information at you to connect the story dots and it happens so quickly and so much at once that you miss half of it yeah, and I feel like you're distracted by like seeing the skull and all the oh, neat stuff lights. that's happening on the screen. That you're not you're not like paying attention to like this little like these scrubs talking about what the fuck ever, and that it's actually like, really important. You know, there's there's other ways to do it, like you know, showing the construction of like you know having a similar skull in the head or something. Yeah. There's yeah, a lot of things to do that, but yeah, I know artists who use subtext, and they're all cowards. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in that whole thing to me made no fucking sense is to like it it makes sense from a story point so they can have mecha godzilla be controlled by Ghidorah and all that but it makes no fucking sense as to why on earth they need Ghidorah's skulls at all none of that made no sense at all it, it build the giant robot godzilla done why do we need these skulls it make a fucking remote control it, for it we it was something like, about the power to to make Godzilla run, right? Wasn't that they had a, a they had to harness the energy from the Hollow Earth to provide a big enough power source to power a robot that large? So to, to harness the power, the easiest way to do it, obviously, was to have two skulls from King Ghidorah, which they no never really harnessed way. that power. They somehow synthesize it in two minutes. Yeah, Maglev from Pensacola to Hong Kong. Come on, <laughs> they got this. Yeah, it, 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 they they hear about it. They're like, oh, they have it, and then it's just digitally like synthesized. Right. Like, what the yeah. fuck was the plot? Yeah. This is like Mega Man. Like, the bullshit. more you stop and think about them, they make absolutely no sense. No, that's yeah, what right, I mean. Right. That's that's what I mean about the dots not being connected yes. and rather far apart. I think. Well, of, like I, I told Amy when she was trying to figure out Hollow Earth, like, just don't. <laughs> just accept it. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know people like thought about that. I just assumed we all were like, yeah, sure, that could, yeah. More men. Yeah, well, I think that's the, where the difference. Live. Well, the difference is that like you go to something like 2014's Godzilla, and then you jump to this movie, and the gaps in logic and tone and grounded nature of what these movies are make such a far leap, and they're supposed to be in the same universe. Like yeah. the first Godzilla is so grounded in real world stuff that it yeah. fits a lot better. And then this goes so far into science fiction and Pacific Rim weird shit that you're just like, what? where is the jump here? Even, like, Kong never made that jump. I don't remember King yeah. of Monsters having that much sci-fi heavy shit in no, here. The, 
like even the like all the like Toho original Godzillas like make a lot more sense tech wise than this does. <laughs> those are just dudes in rubber suits. Like and you're trying to follow along the story. Like there's a Godzilla movie where he fights like basically a giant Power Ranger, and that makes more <laughs> sense tech wise. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it makes more sense tech wise than like this like leap of faith. Like yeah, if all it took to synthesize the thing was getting it, there had to be an easier way to get down there. Right or synthesize something else like there's like so many like this is the story i want to tell what's the what's the quickest way i can write yes correct (laughs) i think i think within the first five minutes i was like rolling my eyes and shaking my head because and maybe you guys interpreted this differently but when kong sort of like discovers that he's captured like in a dome yeah, yeah. That he's, is that the that first he's time Tru- he's, dis- he's Truman? Yeah, yeah. Is that him discovering <laughs> he's there, or has he known for a while that he is in there? I think he's known, but that's the first time he's like lashed out at it. Okay, because I interpreted it like he's discovering that he is captured and encased in this dome. And my first question is, how the fuck did they put him in there without him knowing? Like, that's not a small thing. You can't just drop that on him while he's sleeping. They had to build that around him. <laughs> so that's also when we find out he's no longer on like i i thought maybe that was still like skull island or something but they moved him like somewhere else i guess it's no it was still on skull island yeah was it i thought they moved him it made i guess i thought they had moved him and then built it around yeah, i from... also i guess i assume they used 20 million helicopters <laughs> to just plop it down someone yeah, explained it to me that is... way they're like oh they just plopped it down like and i'm like no you can't do it there's no helicopters <laughs> in the world that would do that <laughs> my assumption with it was that it has a it looked kind of like a stadium. Yes. From the outside, my assumption is it has, you know, like stadiums do, an opening roof, and that they drugged Kong, picked him up with helicopters, and put him in there. Because the after it that, was built, I think that they explained the also sense. that Skull Island has been overtaken by a storm that seems to be never ending, and they put yeah. him in there one to protect him from Godzilla, and two to protect him from the storm. So can we actually jump on that point because? what you just said the protect him from godzilla part i feel like that jumped out of nowhere very quickly like we opened the movie with the assumption that for whatever reason that i didn't understand these people involved with kong already are 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 process i don't know they're working towards some goal of keeping him safe from godzilla i have no goddamn idea why well, I think after King of Monsters, you're led to believe Godzilla hunts anything that opposes him. No, but why does Kong need to be alive? Well, I, I, I thought that was Josh's question. Because Kong Sorry, is a primate not. <laughs> and, and not just a random-ass monster. I thought your question was like, monster. why bother? Like, let him die out? No, not, not, nature, not entirely, but like the, the, the whatever precipitates it, I, I, I don't get it. Like, maybe there is the hunting thing, but Kong is on Skull Island, far the frick away. He probably right. doesn't know Godzilla exists or is anywhere nearby. He's not instinctually going to look for him. He They haven't explained that anything else has happened. They drop us like in the middle of something that has started that they don't explain why it started. They reference well, that, that's the, the orca. They from... they reference like their ancestors having a rivalry. Yeah, so I don't know if that that's building it bullshit. also. Like they're just going off of that assumption that these two beings fought ages ago so they will fight again. 
it's also just the the titans thing like godzilla is gonna go try and conquer all the other titans that's why he's king of monsters so it's eventually but but right but going but, to find kong but to, but to brian's point only those that lash out only those who are combative those who oppose him those who seek out the fight I, I if I, I'm not saying yeah, I'm not technically... saying I'm not saying it couldn't happen and I wouldn't believe it. It just felt like they opened the movie as if it's like something was but, already in progress that. But he I already didn't hunted understand. Mechagodzilla. You know, he hunted Mechagodzilla before it was finished. Mechagodzilla hadn't attacked him or lashed out yet. Like you, unless you, I guess you could say maybe he sensed it I was mean, King Ghidorah's pro- skull. Pro- pro- but... Proximity-wise, the thing just busted out of a mountain. No, 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 no. Before, he's like, talking to kick when he off destroys Pensacola. Yeah. Like, when, he, when he's trying to hunt it in Pensacola and, like, is doing that whole thing like before it shows up. Movie, oh, right, right. okay. It, so, but as, so at the beginning, I took that as... eye or something? Yeah, the guy, the, the, the podcaster guy sees the uh, the wall blown open and he sees the eye. So I took that as the, the technology they're working on is sending off a beacon of some kind that is reminiscent that could be a, of Ghidorah, of which energy, Godzilla yep. is picking up on. So he's drawn to to something, number one, that he is familiar with and that he knows has already been a threat. But And that would track, because I, I, I feel like they made reference to, like, a field test. Like, I think Pensacola, he attacks Pensacola because that was the first field test. Yes, they wanted, they wanted to see if he would be drawn to it. He wants to draw Godzilla to a fight with that thing because he wants his creation to kill Godzilla. Yeah. So I get that. Like I said, I, 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 I'm not a I – don't, I don't think there's a – there is a believable way to tell me why these two things would come into conflict with each other. I just don't think that was ever pre- for me. It wasn't presented clearly, and it it felt like the movie opened as if that already started, and we were at like step three. Yeah. See, I feel like they were. You almost like have to have the information from King of Monsters about the Orca and that Godzilla is going to react to another alpha to another apex predator to another top end which is what kong would give off and godzilla hears that no matter where it is in the world if kong roars godzilla's coming at this point godzilla's active at this time he wasn't active when you know we see kong on skull island godzilla's active right now kong makes a ruckus of any kind even just say killing another skull crawler or whatever they were called like i must feel like godzilla's gonna take notice because that's what he does like mike was saying the the opening credits of the movie the bracket is trying to tell you that maybe for all we know these are the last two standing yeah because we do see a bunch of other monsters at the end of king of monsters all kind of bending the knee to godzilla yeah i guess and and then maybe they start to get killed off because they step out of line i I guess maybe i'll have to rewatch because i think i took that as more of like a stylized, I hate like inconsequential fun title sequence, just playing yeah, on the yeah. idea like you guys were talking about, like it's a bracket. But I didn't, sure. I, I didn't, if they were trying to, I didn't understand if they were actually trying to convey epilogue, uh, I'm sorry, prologue storytelling to me through that mechanism. And if they were, I missed that. Yeah, I think it was, it was prologue stuff that we'd seen before, references to other movies and all the monsters that they defeated on their step up the ladder to each other. Okay. Yeah. But, Josh, I think to your point, though, overall, it's, it's just another part of this movie that, once again, just told us something and refused to show us it. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I think, agree. you know, the story itself is which, very predictable. Which I think also... it hit a lot of the stuff that we expected it to, which yeah. is like they fight, they go back and forth, they set aside their differences to fight something big. It's the BVS formula, which is what we always, I think, referred to it when we talked about this movie before. Yep. And it hits all of those beats. Yeah, definitely. Well, we don't know if they have mothers. <laughs> True. Well, well we, we know Kong has a king down we, there somewhere. We don't know what their names are. An adult version of him. It's true. Uh, but that, that's the real key. To, but Ian, to your, to your point you just made, the fact that the, the fact that they spent so much time showing me the useless, inconsequential shit that I think they did, and that they went on the most roundabout way to get you to the point we needed to, they, they spent, they hesitated not at all to show us all that. Oh, but yeah. actually give it, you know, you reframing the story and, and using the time to show us the crap that actually would have made sense. Nah. That's why, is that, is that any of that three hours that was cut? I wonder, like, <laughs> or was it just more useless bullshit? The, the first thing in my head after I got out, like after the movie ended was that felt rushed. I could see mm. that. Yeah, sure. They put the money and time into the fights with Godzilla and Kong, which, which, which were sense. amazing. And they were great fight scenes. I love yes. them. They were fantastic, but I was still like, Wow, it's over already. I feel like I missed a lot of lore there that I wanted. Yeah, and that, that's I, yeah, I agree. That's what I'm struggling with is the duality of that exact. You're right about that point, and that I also feel like it was so long because there was so much crap. Yes, <laughs> like the the important stuff was rushed, and then but all the stuff in between the important stuff was like, why did I need the last 15 minutes? I didn't. Cut that, cut that, yeah. cut that, cut that. So yeah, it simultaneously felt like over, overall rushed, but just uh, then the stuff that they actually took the time to give us was just dragged out for no reason. And I think, like, I think point, it's bad. Like, if, if this is the stuff that made it in the movie, what didn't? presumably it's better than the stuff that got cut, so what the fuck did they cut <laughs> out? Yeah, I, I really would like to see a, a director's cut i guess uh, of this movie if it ever maybe exists start hashtagging that andy lead the yeah. charge <laughs> like i was joking with my one friend i want to make a cut where i cut out like all of the like podcaster stuff that whole storyline and see how much better that is as a viewing experience for myself just knock that out just get that, rid of it that part of the story was really bad um the kong aspect of the for the story was was better but not by much it almost felt like a Kong movie with Godzilla in it. Yes. That's what Mike, it was. Mike was right. Kong is the hero. <laughs> Kong is the hero in this movie. Um, I don't think he wins, <laughs> but he he's, he's, yeah, he's the hero in the movie. Yeah, just like in Rocky, he, you know, he's the hero, but he doesn't win. Mm. <laughs> I'd call this a draw. It's Rocky too. <laughs> Uh, but we're not we're not going to get back into Godzilla <laughs> coming to a draw with a baby Kong. We're not going to do that again. We, what I would like to mention though is, is is this might just be me. I wanted to ask you guys all this. Did the proportions of the monsters feel like they're different in some scenes than others to anybody else? Yes. Hmm. That felt off to me throughout the whole fucking movie. Like sometimes I feel like the ratio of Kong size to people and Godzilla's size to people just seems off. No, I don't know if I really caught that at all like it changes like it's not always the same it's certainly possible it did it's not something i noticed when watching yeah if if, if i watch it again i'll have to try to consciously 
look for that and see if it stands I, I just out. Feel like they, they, they show Kong and like first of all, Kong and Godzilla standing on top of an aircraft carrier that doesn't sink. <laughs> just, I, just get so the fuck okay. Out. So that That's reminds ridiculous. me too. For a movie that focuses a large amount of time on human characters, there is no fucks given for all the humans that die <laughs> in this movie. Yeah, no. Kong literally just, just skips in that through an aircraft carrier alone. and kills how many people for taking a step, and they're just like, "Oh man, we lost the fleet." Are you serious? Like, yeah. how many people just they're, died? They're burning in the distance. Hundreds of people. There's five of them left. Not to mention what takes to one yeah. aircraft carrier. Yeah. that then sinks in the ocean, and no one's going, oh my god, all those people. They're just like, well, <laughs> Kong's here. We're good. Maybe we Keep shouldn't going. be doing did this. You... Maybe we should just let them kill each other and be done with this shit. Right. Did, did you catch the part? I think this is what I was. I saw. When it's either the, the, the carrier or one of the other uh, vessels sinks, and I think it's, like, broken in two. As it's sinking, there's an underwater shot of that piece falling further down in the water, and there's like a couple like stream of bodies that come out of it. Oh, see, I didn't even yeah. see that. If if I saw what, what I think, like, I remember it was, that yeah. shot. I don't remember the the bodies. I'd have to look again. I mean, even in that scene, you get like the the anchor of the one ship attaches to Godzilla, and he's like dragging half a ship behind him, yeah. and then nothing happens with that. Yeah. They show that. They show it dragging behind him, and then nothing happened. I, I thought he was going to pick it up and slam it into Kong or something. Like, something, something cool was cool, about to yeah. happen with that thing. Nothing happens. It's just like, oh, yeah, this is there. It ha Like, it's attached to Godzilla now. Yeah, like, was that, was, supposed, was, to be was that supposed to be Was it supposed to be a humorous moment or something? I didn't get that either. I, well, I thought they were trying to, like, give Kong or, or give Godzilla, like, a handicap because the fight was in water or something, but yeah, they never I even went there. expected to see something about that, and then there wasn't. Yeah. It, it, there, there was so much wrong with that fight at the ocean that just... And the boat just turns back over after being flipped, and it's fine. Yeah. It flips upside down and yes. flips back up. Oh, we're good. We're good. Everything's... It, it still works. Everybody's alive. We're good. We can keep going. Is that not what would happen? So, honestly, I feel like I could just keep like digging into story elements that piss me off but i don't want to get just like an hour and a half of us just tearing the story apart so is there anything else that we want to touch on i don't really have too much else specific to talk well, about it, but it, at the start of this you asked did anybody actually like the story and this is where we went oh uh, yes that. yes but i never got to i said yes okay and, and i can explain why because again like josh said before i don't give a shit about the people they're there to serve a purpose, which is to get us from point A to point B, which is point A is Kong and Godzilla and Mechagodzilla are not fighting, and point B is they are fighting. Fair. That's what the people are serving the purpose for in this movie, and they do a fairly good job of letting the people serve that purpose. They don't do a good job of building characters or having things make a lot of logical sense or anything, but they get us to the fight in a rather fast-paced way the movie doesn't feel like you're waiting for stuff to happen yeah it, it's it's a well-paced movie in that sense um i think in a more honest version as opposed to just tearing into ian about the fight they give people that are fans of either kong or godzilla something to be happy about they give the ending for Kong, the ending for Godzilla, that pretty much everybody actually expected and is happy with. And they managed to do that while still working in Mechagodzilla. I think that's that's fun. That's good. 
I enjoy that. I actually was thinking when when Godzilla and Kong have their fights that I know over the years both of you has said like this is how they'd fight this is what they do and I saw bullet points of each of your points during both every one of those fights like oh, yeah. Kong's agility and use of tools was something you always brought up Mike Ian the atomic breath and just having that type of power and using his tail happens during the movie also so like I saw both of you represented when I was watching this movie also it, it, I, we said we weren't supposed to rag on the movie anymore, but I did have one other thing about that stupid scene in the ocean. Godzilla whips his tail up and takes fighter jets out of the air. How fucking low were they flying? As a, as Why a, would as they a be flying tail. low enough for his tail? That's a big tail. It, it is a big it's tail, a big but tail. it's a fighter jet. There's no reason for them to be flying close enough to be attacked by the giant monster. Well, they know that now. <laughs> they learned their lesson I, I I guess I mean did um, any of the people live even report that though they might not have learned their lesson it's <laughs> true maybe someone else learned yeah, the know. lesson from watching them die Um, in the fight I felt like there was one moment where I thought something was going to happen and it didn't but it still wound up working so Godzilla or Kong gets brought back with the defibrillator thing right and he stands up, and he's baring his teeth, and he looks fucking angry, and he's all jacked up, and his arms are ready to go, and I really thought he was going to reload the fists. <laughs> I thought it was going to happen, and he was going to go after Mechagodzilla. They, he didn't reload the fists, and it made me disappointed. They bring back Henry Cavill just to get that motion capture right. <laughs> it's it just, I thought it was about, like, it looked like he was about to do it, you know what I mean? Like, the way he, the way they had him get up and go, and it was like, oh, he's going to do it. That would have been he, such a bow of ridiculousness for this movie, and I would have loved it. What do you mean the fist? I mean, the Henry Cavill like, arm fist, reload you know? from Mission Impossible. Uh, yeah, and the, the other, there, there's one other ridiculous thing. Godzilla grinning and making like a grunt at one point I thought was kind of cringe. I didn't like that. Um, they, they focus in on him one time and he smiles and I'm like, that's not a God. Like, I don't want Godzilla smiling. That's <laughs> not. But the other aspect that I want to point out was one of the coolest scenes I've seen in a movie in recent years, coolest shots, whatever, is when they bring the heave back from the hollow earth and they fly right past Kong's face and they're flying just right along the fucking um, beam from Godzilla and they go right past him. That was fucking cool. I hated it. <laughs> I thought Why did it was, you hate it? It was so stupid. And I caught us. That was like there. There was something somewhere. Someone interviewed the director, and I think that scene came up. And he said something like, "The inspiration for that scene specifically was the Back to the Future ride." Yeah, it felt like that. Like it, but with and when I heard that, it suddenly went like to the next level. Like, oh my god, they're gonna make a ride about this now, where it's not gonna be Back to the Future. You're gonna fly past Kong and Godzilla through this movie. That's gonna be a ride. Like the the whole like marketing. No. No, Thing. it's going to be the same ride. They're just going to swap the effects out on the <laughs> yeah. same rails. But like, it just spiraled out of control to me, and I was like, "This sounds like such a stupid thing." But oh, that was a studio note. I bet now. Pro I would not be surprised. <laughs> I do not know that for a fact, but it would not surprise me. Like, hey, you I have to put this shot fun. in there because we're going to make a ride about it later. And this and will save us from ride. filming it later <laughs> for the ride. <laughs> I, I I loved it. I want to ride the ride. That, but that's just my opinion. That's like, fair. I yeah, it. I mean, if that if that scene is for you, I would I would bet you are first in line for that ride. 
And the, the 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 last thing I'll say on a big positive is the Hollow Earth. Even though it makes no sense, why does it have a sun? What the hell's going on there? Fucking cool. Um, it, it was really a cool touch to the movie. The monster he fights in there was really fucking weird and cool. I like that thing. Um, and that's something I think they could use for like going forward. Like you'd always just have monsters spill out of that thing that they have to fight somewhere later or something like that. Like, that's a plot point you could reuse. And it also, like... Yeah, when Kong's an adult. It also borderlines Pacific Rim for me to the point where I'm like, are they really leaning into this? Or are they going to try to cross over at some point? Like, the whole telekinetic controlling Mechagodzilla and then having a place somewhere deep within the Earth that somehow brings out monsters is like, okay, this is very Pacific Rim to me. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and I also, I mean, I guess that's something we should talk about. I think this actually might just be the end. Like, yeah, I was going to lean in. If, like, if there's, is there anything else we want to talk about for this movie specifically? Because we'll we'll sort of spiral into that. The, like, sort of what comes next. The the only, th- this, this, this really isn't going to fit anywhere, but it's something that I texted Brian while I was watching it. From the moment that they showed this tool that Kong finds in Hollow Earth, through the rest of the movie, when he was down, when he was losing, I did the same thing. I know what every time say. it's 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 <laughs> it, it could come into play or he. I have Peter Dinklage's voice as Etri from <laughs> Infinity War in my head, and I said it out loud like twenty times. Ian, cover your ears. More Infinity War spoilers. Twenty times <laughs> while I'm watching this movie, of of just him going. He needs the axe. Where's the handle? Yeah. Tree, help me find the handle. Every freaking time. Yeah, I definitely did that. When he's like beaten and down, you're like, oh, it's over there. I think they even give a shot of like, uh, oh, Kong fell over and the thing is over there. He <laughs> needs the axe. <laughs> That's my piece. I kind of just want to watch this movie with you <laughs> just for those points. I'll, I'll give, I'll I give you a I kind of want to make like an track. edited clip of like. <laughs> Showing those scenes together, like Kong back up the building, <laughs> yes. and then just cutting E tree. If it's not on YouTube <laughs> like, already, I'm gonna be very disappointed. Yeah, the internet has failed. That's us. true. It probably is. Like, there's, <laughs> it's a very easy connection. Um, so we're gonna use Mike's sort of segue. So we're we're four movies into this connected monster verse or whatever you want to call it. Sort of to Mike's point, do you see this continuing from here? Like, how did th- they were all leading to this movie? So are we going to see some other team-up movie for these characters, go like Godzilla and Kong, going forward? Is this the end of this? Are they going to reboot it after this? Like, where do you see the MonsterVerse going from here? I think they'll probably I... go individual movies again for both before they, they sort of converge again. Okay. Um. So this is not the end for you. You definitely see this continuing going forward. If this is as popular as it already has been after one weekend, yes. Fair point. Uh, Mike, go ahead. Yeah, I I think the need to print money will (laughs) take over. I think they intended this to be the end when they were putting the whole thing together. Well, to your your point about just printing money, like Godzilla and Kong, no matter what they are in, will make money. So will it be a continuation of this movie verse or will it be a reboot after this? Right, and that's the question. You know, because I think they leave a couple things open. Um, Like we had discussed earlier, there's still a Ghidorah skull out there that's... And I forgot about that, so I can see that going somewhere. Um, Charles Dance's character is unaccounted for. 
with that Ghidorah skull. Yeah. Um, Kong is obviously not an adult of his species. Or there is bigger versions of what he is that existed. And they don't even mention Mothra or Rodan at all. Right, in in the other monsters. So, I could see them continuing it. I could see them having them never intersect again. I could see them playing up eventually like a Godzilla versus Kong 2. There will be a winner this time. You know what I mean? Like, it won't end in a draw or something. Which plays exactly into your or, Rocky like, one of them dies. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's just, you know, like, one of them's not going to make it out alive kind of thing. Where they play it up like there's going to be a dead one at the end of this. That's a subtitle. Um, <laughs> there's a dead one. <laughs> um, Real dead one. <laughs> but, it, you know, I hope they keep making films with Godzilla and Kong and I mean like this design for Godzilla I love yes it's very awesome and Kong obviously you see what he looks like there he looks great he's a gorilla he's just a big gorilla you can't really do a whole lot different with that yeah you know like but he looks great um so I really do hope they keep that going however there is other versions of Godzilla that look really good too um you know I know you guys probably don't watch the other Godzilla films that have existed, but Ian, I assume you've seen Shin Godzilla. That version of Godzilla is fucking awesome. And I I like that too. But that's not going to play as well to a Western audience. So it's a. So I don't know if you answered the question. Do you see this universe continuing or a reboot after this? What do you think? What do I think they're going to do? I think they're going to continue it. Okay. Um, I, I just think. They see money there in continuing the story, and there's too much money in an eventual rematch. Okay. Uh, Ian, what do you think? So I... I we all know they're going to make more movies with these two characters regardless, so it's really just, yeah, is it a continuing universe or not? And I think they left it open enough that they're like, yeah, just do it again. Why? Like, you know, <laughs> what's stopping us? Yeah. Like, there's no reason not to. It's not like we said, oh, fuck, one of, you know, they didn't kill one of them. They didn't say, oh, well, the universe is healed now and nothing bad will ever happen again (laughs) with giant monsters. Like, we saw with this movie, they will very quickly yell, they're fighting now because the bullshit's happening. (laughs) Like, don't just do it, you know? You don't need a lot, like, a plot set up to get us going. That could be the name of bullshit's it. happening. <laughs> Bullshit's going on, bro. Like, come down to the donkey fights. Like, <laughs> they need to hire us for marketing. Uh, like, Josh, I, what do you think? Uh, yeah, probably. I mean, I, I don't think any of uh, you know either of the three of them have really diverged from a main through line. I think that's pretty smart. And you never, uh, other than Infinity War and Avengers, which were just part one and part two of the same story. You never go from your big culmination thing right back to it. So I think Andy said it first. Culmination. There you go. Glad <laughs> you picked it up. Laid it down for you. Um, that, uh, yeah, they'll probably try to do another at least one or two chapters for each of them before bringing them back together again. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a smarter way to do it is sort of give a breather here. That way the next time they team up, it's there's more hype around it and anticipation and stuff like that. I'm unclear... If if I were to guess, I don't know if they'd do another versus movie. I feel like at this point, 
they should just team up, like just call it a Godzilla Kong movie, you know, Godzilla and Kong or something, not a versus movie. But I just think there's so much ability to play it as a versus movie because people want to see them fight. And I really do think you're going to see Kong grow exponentially even bigger. And I think they're probably going to do something similar with Godzilla, and they're just going to up that ante even further. But I feel like you need a reason for them to fight. If they end on more or less good terms in this movie... Mecha Gajira. Right, right but they would fight well, the other or, thing. They wouldn't fight each other. That's what I'm well, getting no, at but, here. But, but, the, but you just do the same thing. Like, oh man, they're both really big now. One of them's got to be better than the other one. So <laughs> they fight... And then King Mechagajira shows up from space, and it's like, oh, fuck, Mechagajira's here now. Wait, or they're just... fighting over control of King of the Monster title, and the humans in the future send Mechagajira back to the past to stop this big fight from wiping out the human race, you know? <laughs> this is... That's a plot line from the Toho film. <laughs> Do the, uh, you mentioned the, like, Batman-Superman uh, comparison earlier. You work something like that, where they're not really enemies anymore, but something intervenes that basically says, if you don't harm the other one, bad things are going to happen for you. Or, oh, that girl grows up and she signs to Kong. If there's even a 1% chance <laughs> that Godzilla can take us all out, we have to kill him. <laughs> that I would buy. They are I, both. I'm in for that movie. <laughs> they are both Warner Brothers. I want. I mean, my my suggestion was something along the lines of Godzilla matures, or not Godzilla, King Kong matures and becomes King Kong, and the hormones kick in, and all of a sudden he's not so okay with... So it's puberty. Puberty draws them together to fight. Testosterone. <laughs> it, it sends, you know, Kong into a rage kind of thing. And also that girl's now played by Ben Affleck. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> And if they read the certain words from a certain book, they can make Ben do what they want, like the Winter Soldier. They can so so an evil person captures him and reads the words, and that's how they get her to sign to Kong. And I also like the idea of the King of Simp going on a hormone rager. <laughs> it's like I can't control my emotions, Mom. <laughs> he starts wearing like he dyes his eyes like he gets put black eyeliner on. <laughs> We get an emo Kong. Oh God! And like somehow he accidentally gets like a black tie on, like like a like Donkey Kong's tie but black to really go full into this emo thing. Oh God! I'm gonna hit up Zach. This sounds like his kind of film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is my gritty Kong coming of age story. Get it? Well, uh, so somebody else has to write the source material first, though. Coming off the Mr. Snyder Cut, he's got some pull now. Mister Bright Eyes is our trailer song. <laughs> Um, all right, so sort of winding down here. Out of the four Godzilla Kong movies we have right now, do you have like a personal ranking as far as like what, how I more or less where I don't know if we'd want to go over all four, like where you would rank all four, or if you just want to pick like your top one, or or at the very least maybe say where this one lands in your ranking. So between 2014's Godzilla, 2017's Skull Island, 2019's King of the Monsters, and 2021's Godzilla vs. Kong, how would you? Sort of rank those for your own personal list. Picks, you get a pick. Uh, for me, this yeah. is number one. Josh, did you say the same thing? Number one for you? This definitely would be, yeah. Uh, Ian, where does this rank for you? Well, King of Monsters is number one, and then this is 
second place it's either like second or third it comes down to am i in the mood for monsters fighting or more better human stuff than it's godzilla or this depending on like do i want a better human story or do i just want to watch kaiju's fight yeah uh andy where are you at with your ranking um my i i would say this is third with uh original godzilla king of monsters this and skull island I actually think I'm right on with Andy. I think that's where I'd put my four. I still really like that first Godzilla movie a lot. Oh, I, I love it. I'll watch it anytime. Yeah. Wait. I mean, I think the it's only one, one of the... I honestly don't like a Skull Island. That's... Yeah. I think I confused. Wait, that's... It was okay. It was okay. I think I confused my response because I I think I assu... wait, Mike. Did you say that Godzilla vs Kong is your it... favorite of the four? Yes. Okay. I'd like to amend. <laughs> for some reason my brain thought you said something else but just like immediately it it told my mouth to say yeah what he said um yeah i would probably i'd go with and probably king of the monsters is is number one this is yeah honestly this is like interchange with skull island three or four doesn't matter maybe another watch of this would help me figure out whether this goes in three or four but yeah those those two are at the bottom to be fair i have to rewatch. like i've only seen skull island once and i've only seen king of the monsters once so i probably should rewatch those before i get a firm ranking but yeah. i i've seen the first godzilla numerous times i've seen this one twice now and i think the first godzilla for me is far and away better than this i think the fights in this are much better than godzilla i think godzilla is a better overall movie than this movie the feeling I got from coming out of Godzilla was was I was enthusiastic, I was hyped, and the feeling after I watched this one, I was just kind of like, "Huh, whoa, what the hell?" <laughs> <laughs> so like, I, I can agree with that. Like it, when when that new Godzilla came out and it was good, and they had done a good job, and you were like, "Holy shit, Godzilla was bad!" Especially after the fucking Matthew Broderick. Track. <laughs> yeah, that was oof. like the Americans can do Godzilla now. <laughs> yeah, like they they did it right. This is awesome. Yeah, I, I I can agree with that. This has Kong fighting Godzilla though, and um, that wins. That's but, yeah, that's fair. I mean, to be fair, I'm basing my rating solely on the fights of the two of them in this movie. Everything else is fucking shit. Oh. <laughs> yeah, if they if if, if this the was anything but Kong versus Godzilla fighting, this would just be garbage. Yeah, the story aspects of the monsters themselves in this movie actually didn't mind at all like finding out the yeah. lore that they had had a thing going on for for like their heritage and stuff like that i actually really dug but yeah you got that people involved and it was like hmm. to, yeah i guess to be fair i kind of the, the lore is something i could get into but it's so haphazardly explained and this movie takes such a jump and leap into sci-fi without really looking where it came from that i it's such a i don't know it's it's a it's a large leap of faith for me like someone just diving in the deep end without actually looking where they're going and like this is something like where if they wanted to try and capitalize on the lore aspect is when you make your like mini series on hbo max exploring just the general kaiju lore in general in this shared universe and uh, yeah i'd probably check that out that would be interesting to me okay um, all right, so before we get to our ratings, one thing I wanted to do earlier and then forgot to do was go over the where it's currently sitting on review sites. So Rotten Tomatoes has Godzilla vs. Kong with a 
fresh for critics and a 92% for audience. So this is very well received right now. Um, Metacritic has a meta score of 59, user score of 7.1. So that's a that's lower, a lot lower than the other one. I always say you got to remember with Rotten Tomatoes the way those scores are tabulated is different. Right. You know, a 2.5 out of 4 is con or a 2.5 out of 5 I think is considered a fresh rating. Yeah. So, that, you know, that's not really a great rating, but it's fresh. So, that's why I sort of give both of these sites ratings. So, whichever one you sort of trust more, you can see what each site how they how they're rated. Well, I think it's like you take it as the Rotten Tomatoes ones, people generally would enjoy it, but with the Metacritic one, you get like how they feel would rank it themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Liked it, didn't like it versus actual ranking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um all right, so with those ratings out of the way, we're going to go to our ratings. So, out of 10, where would you rank this movie? Uh, we'll start with Andy out of ten. What do you give it? Um, I'm gonna give it a seven. Okay. And I'm gonna say that because I feel like original Godzilla was a nine, King of the Monsters was an eight, and Skull Island was probably like a five or a six. Okay. Falls in line with your rating. Cool. Uh, Josh, what do you give it out of ten? I'm going to start with a six. Start with a six? As in, as it's it, going to change? We're gonna, <laughs> you're going to add to that? Um, Subtract? No. I, <laughs> in a, I don't know. In a couple of weeks or, or so, if I get around to watching it again, maybe it'll digest a little bit better. But It's going to be a six minus five. Yeah, I sometimes the second and third watches make me like a movie more. So yeah, and the, and it, and I, I you know earlier I said I did that with King of the Monsters. I remember seeing that in in the theater for the first time, being very underwhelmed, and then for some reason watching it again at home, I was like, oh wait, I, I I'm really digging this quite a lot. Um, so yeah, it it, it can happen. I'm leaving that open, but. I doubt it would get uh, higher than a 6.5 or a 7 even after that. And to your point, Josh, I think for King of the Monsters, and maybe it's something a reason why I need to rewatch it at home, but I remember seeing that in the theater, and I think the, the perspectives that that tries to shoot for the monsters, you're seeing a lot of, like, ground looking up. So you don't see the stuff you want to see. Like, you're not getting wide shots of the monsters fighting. You're seeing it from the ground, from the human point of view. Mm. And it's really tough to see. Everything looks very close. So where you're, when you're in a big theater with a big screen, you can't see what you want to see. On a smaller screen, you can take in the image better and see something more clearly to me. I think that's, that's another reason why I need to go back and watch it. Because I, I felt the same way point. coming out of King of Monsters. It can, is and, that I couldn't tell what the fuck was going on because it was just in your face. Yeah, and to some, to some degree, but, you know, I... Your your relationship to the screen, your position in a movie theater in stadium seating, your eye level is going to be at one place versus how you're sitting on your couch watching your TV. Yeah. And I, that, yeah, I think that can definitely play into it. Um, Mike, what do you give it out of 10, Godzilla vs. Kong? So to your point, about what you were saying and the camera angles and stuff like that. The reason that I feel better about this one is they fight in broad daylight. We get to see a lot more. It's very well lit. It's not in the dark, in the rain. Every time they fight, it's very much better done in that aspect. They're not trying to hide the CG. They're displaying it and showcasing it much more than they did before. Good point. I think even what they and, fit in the frame there, too. Like This is the first movie that felt like Pacific Rim fights to me. Out of all yeah. of them. 
I agree. I think they did a really good job using the lighting on the buildings to like enhance the picture. Like it oh, looked yeah. really cool with all yes. the building lightings, like just made all of just brighter and cool looking and shit. Agreed. Which is why I come down at an eight point five. Ooh, um, okay. I, I I was gonna go higher, but man, I just can't forgive all the really bad bad stuff in the rest of the film <laughs> it's really tough like this if this was just on the fights and the enjoyment of seeing it and everything yeah. it might even be like a nine and a half or a 9.75 it's, it's a, but it's, it's a very how... polar movie because i like a lot of it and i dislike a lot of it <laughs> yeah. right it, it, there's so much that makes no fucking sense i can't go higher than that okay that's as high as i can give it without just feeling bad about it because of how bad some of it is uh ian where do you stand out of 10 uh six it's not the greatest kaiju movie it's a good one but i there's other ones i would definitely watch like mike mentioned earlier shin godzilla is probably like a nine it's one of the best godzilla movies ever mm-hmm. this is the six it's it's good it's not bad it's just I, I none of these have elevated up to that level where i could give any of them i think an eight so it's like six sevens where i'm coming down on in this whole universe pretty much so i think a six is a good score in this my, my scale always slides around i'm reading this on the kaiju scale now <laughs> so that's why it's shooting at a six you might be like is this really only one point better than the kitchen and it's no these are different scales <laughs> i mean side question on that how many explosions though oh this was a 10 out of 10 explosion movie okay it has so some good explosions be sure yeah yeah. So j- just to make sure that 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 scale is still intact, oh, yeah, you're you not just making shit up as you go. Uh, of course not. I have integrity. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I'm thinking for me. I I definitely am probably going to be on the low end compared to you guys. I'm leaning towards a four for me Ooh. for this one, and mainly like I will fully admit this, these types of movies, kaiju movies like this, are not technically in my wheelhouse. I'm not as big of a fan of Godzilla and King Kong as some of the other guys on the show. Um. But I appreciate the fights that they did between the two title characters in this movie. Those alone, I think, give it the four. Like I said, everything else in this movie, I am I am much more interested in a good story for a movie, and hopefully everything else fills in the gap. This uses spectacle and wants to fill in the gaps with everything else, and to me, that's a that's a dock. I, I have to dock it for that. So I, I did enjoy it after watching it twice. I will probably watch this again at some point just for the or at the very least, just skip to the fight sequences because those are the best part of the movie. That's the only thing I really give a shit about. Um, but I think it's it's definitely one of my least favorite out of the out of the four. I mean, so I'm going to give it four. You'll watch it again, but only because the next movie will be coming out. That's true. Yeah, just refresh before <laughs> just the next one. Just to refresh, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and that's only because, oh, God damn it, well, I have to. I know. It's part, <laughs> it's part of the universe. Got to refresh yeah. the universe before. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> of course. If that was the case, I would have rewatched King of Monsters before watching this, and I did not. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's true. But you just watched a four-hour movie. That's true, and then the two-hour movie version I have to write right after that too. So <laughs> I didn't leave myself <laughs> and, a lot and of the time. prep movies you watched for that. Yeah, that's true. Didn't you I did. Watch yeah, the others too. I did do uh, so. Man of Steel and BVS before that too. So I did. I did prep for the Snyder cut. I did not give Godzilla vs Kong that much screen time. I mean, that's 11 hours of movie that you did for the Snyder Cut stuff. Yeah. Well, I had to make Ian proud. I didn't want him to come in and undersell Zack Snyder. Um, all right. So that's it for us. Uh, if you've enjoyed the show, please support us. Leave a five-star rating and review. Be sure to give us a share on social media. You can follow or subscribe to the show. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Google, 
Anchor, Stitcher, hopefully anywhere you find podcasts, you can find us. Uh, search us out on Facebook, search for Bry Guy and Super Friends, or go to facebook.com slash Friends. You can send us questions, comments, topic suggestions, any of that stuff there. Uh, try to email us, Friends at gmail.com. It's there, it's working, I, I haven't checked it in over a year. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at BG Super Friends. That we'll see. That we'll we'll talk to you on. Uh, feel free to follow me on Twitch, Jedi Bry Guy. That's Jedi with an I and Bry with a Y. Uh, if we ever go live again, so if hot. if I try some, sh- shut it, Andy. Uh, <laughs> if we ever <laughs> go live on Twitch, that's where we'll do it. Uh, if I ever decide to start gameplay anywhere again, that will be it. Uh, and on behalf of Andy, Ian, Josh, Mike, and myself, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Needs the There was a there was a guy posting like he, there was this Instagram post about these bees having a threesome, and he's like, "Your job as a social media manager is when you post the bee threesome is not to call it a beesome. That way, you get all the engagement from all the people in the comments calling it a beesome." And then he showed the comments. And there's like 200 people calling it a beesome. <laughs> that makes sense, so you, actually. So you just give people the material, yeah. let them make the joke. Yeah, yeah, because it drives there. engagement. <laughs> It's like, your job is to be less funny so other people can make the funny joke. <laughs> so people can feel like they're very original and funny. That, that's like... Even though you could literally see, like, a hundred people in a row post the same <laughs> thing. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing. Is like, you ever read a Reddit comment section? Like, it's... If you read, like, a, a forming post, 90% of it's the same thing getting said. Doesn't matter Did what the post is. you guys know they shouldn't have put the Cold War guns in Modern Warfare Warzone? What? That's that's that, that that's posted Josh on the like, subreddit the every day. Oh wow! <laughs> uh-uh. I was playing into it. I mean, I know some That's of the bit... words that you said and what they mean, but why? So imagine oh, if I they shouldn't put have been the turtles <laughs> into something good, like, and then the turtles ruin the good thing, like um, feudal Japan, like. <laughs> Yeah, like, imagine if you put the turtles in feudal oh, Japan segue. and ruin feudal Japan. <laughs> I wonder if that'll ever come up again. Funny you should mention that. What are you doing next week? I have to write a summary for another fucking turtles movie. <laughs>